Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. All right, welcome back. This is episode number 263, and it is the second episode about menopause. This is part two of how to lose weight during menopause. Really, that title is a little off. It should just be how to make the most of menopause (laughs) because it can be challenging, right? So this is part two, and on the last episode, we dove into three big things. What's going on inside a woman's body during menopause? The various symptoms, sometimes awful symptoms, a woman might experience, and the factors that influence those symptoms. Now, if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. You can do it right now, or you can do it at the end of this episode, whatever you prefer. But I'll do my best to sum things up right now very quickly. Basically, menopause is a perfect recipe for gaining weight, really not liking what you see in the mirror, feeling bad about your body and probably getting emotional about it, trying and struggling to lose weight and getting stuck in your head and feeling like crap about all of that. And I think I might've just heard a few of you ladies actually say out loud, amen, brother Corey. (laughs) Somehow, somehow he gets it a little bit. Look, I'm so sorry that that's the experience that so many of you have, but here's the thing. Here's the question we must ask. And that we have been asking, does menopause actually make you gain weight or does it at least make losing weight harder? As I mentioned in the previous episode, whether there's any actual chemical or hormonal thing happening that might cause weight gain, the other symptoms are enough to make losing weight feel freaking impossible. Hence the thing I often hear from a lot of you ladies. God, doesn't matter what I do, I just can't lose weight. So... From what science and research tells us about this whole weight gain issue, the answer is really possibly. Yes, menopause can possibly, potentially lead to some weight gain, and menopause can potentially make losing weight more difficult. Now, here's where we need that important truth that I wrapped up the last episode with. You can't stop it. You can't stop menopause, but you can change it. You have the power to change your experience of menopause. What you do or don't do, from food habits to exercise to counseling, they can all have a pretty dramatic impact on how menopause affects you. But you will never do any of that stuff if you don't first realize and embrace that you actually do have some power in all of this. Your body's going to shift hormones and do all sorts of stuff. You can't control that. But you can make your experience of it better or worse. And that includes... Gaining weight, losing weight, or just kind of staying steady, which would be a massive win for a lot of ladies. So how do we do that, right? How do we make our experience, our menopause experience better? Now, I'm sorry, ladies, forgive me. I'm just saying our, that's just the way I talk. I'm just clumping me in with you ladies right now, okay? So how do we do that? How do we make that experience better for all of you? Just like your body has an internal ecosystem where everything plays off of and is impacted by everything else, this process of menopause, it has many elements that play off of one another also. There are a lot of variables, but I want to focus on three specific ones today. Otherwise, it's just going to be a ton of overwhelm. 
Number one, your lifestyle. And in that category, we're just going to say food and activity. Your food habits and activity habits. Number two, your mental health, your stress and how you're dealing with it. Number three, supplements. What natural things are out there that might help and does research say they help or is it just a bunch of bogus garbage? Okay, first let's talk about the elephant in the room. And just in case any of you might be in a rough spot with this whole menopause journey, no, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> you, you are not the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is lifestyle, and that is food and exercise. There's a basic truth for all of us human beings, men, women, everyone in between, children, adults, everyone, all of us. High-quality food and exercise tends to make everything better. It almost doesn't matter what you're experiencing or facing in life. Eating high-quality food and exercising on a regular basis tends to make everything better. We are designed to eat whole foods that primarily come from the earth, and we're designed to move. We were not created to sit still all day while cramming down a bunch of highly processed pseudo-food, what I would call pseudo-food, that is essentially a stressor to our body. And our body will do what it does. It will try its best to handle the stressor and keep on going, keep on living. But it can and will eventually cause problems or just make you feel crummy and terrible. And this is especially true if your body is already dealing with the stress of menopause and shifting hormones. Think of your body like someone you dearly love, because I hope you love your body. It does a lot for you. We, we talk about that Think of your body as someone, as a different person that you dearly love, and they're sick with the flu, and they have a broken ankle. And then you're like, hey, can you go uh, mow the lawn and jog a mile and then drink a bunch of alcohol? This would obviously <laughs> be very detrimental, right? It would leave that person feeling like total crap, and it would not help them heal or recover or move in a positive direction. They need to rest. And here's the key part. They need to give their body what it needs in order to rest and recover and move forward, not just stress it out even more. Having the flu is a stressor to your system. Going through menopause is a stressor to your system. Pouring a bunch of sugar and highly processed foods and unhealthy fats on top of that is not going to be helpful, and it's probably going to make you feel even worse. Okay, Corey, I hear you. So what you're telling me is that menopause program I saw out there with, you know, certain special this and that and a special eating regimen that's super strict and all that, that's what I need to do. And if it's not, well, then just tell me already. Like, tell me exactly what I need to eat to lose weight and kick menopause's butt and I will do it. Okay, first of all, a lot of those programs out there, We'll get to those later, but a lot of those programs are just going to overwhelm you. And you're probably, if you're in menopause, already feeling overwhelmed and potentially emotional at times already. So maybe they'll be helpful, but maybe they won't. So let me just sum it all up for you very quickly and succinctly, okay? Do you have a pen handy? Are you ready? Here's the recipe for success for menopause when it comes to food. Consume plenty of whole foods like vegetables, fruits, whole grains, lean meats, reduced fat dairy, along with some nuts and seeds. Limit, or maybe even for a period of time, totally avoid alcohol, smoking, processed foods, and added refined sugar. 
drink two to three liters of good old clear water every day. And then right in with this category of lifestyle stuff, let's talk about activity. Exercise. Move your body about five hours each week, including things as simple as just going for a walk outside. And then also be sure to include some more intense strength training. This can be really, really helpful during menopause. And right now you're like, oh, Corey, <laughs> you're funny, buddy. I needed that laugh today. So thank you. You know, I appreciate that. But here's the thing. I'm ready, man. I've got my pen. You told me to get my pen. I'm ready. Tell me about the super special diet. Tell me about exactly what to do that will melt fat off of my menopause belly. And now is when <laughs> I will not do that, but I will refer to one of my all-time favorite quotes. Josh Waitzkin, a legitimate certified genius, said, <laughs> It is rarely a mysterious technique that drives us to the top, but rather a profound mastery of what may well be a basic skill set. What I teach and what I believe in when it comes to food and exercise is the tried and true stuff. The stuff that science supports, the stuff that research shows again and again just works if we actually do it. And therein lies the problem. Most of us just never master the basic skill set of eating primarily whole foods, plenty of veggies and lean protein and consistently exercising or being active five-ish hours per week. We don't do it. And we don't want to believe that it's that simple or it can be that, that simple because if it is, then it means I actually have to do that. And if I'm really honest, I don't want to. <laughs> I'd much rather try some cool sounding, supposedly cutting edge plan that says it's made specifically for me and my situation. And here's the thing. I'm not opposed to someone trying that. But here's my question. What's the point of trying the super special advanced thing if you haven't even done or mastered the basic stuff yet? The basic stuff might be all you need. We hear it all the time in sports. Master the fundamentals. Who cares if a basketball player can jump really high and do fancy dunks if he can't dribble or shoot worth a crap? He's not going to have a career. He needs to master the fundamentals. When it comes to food and exercise, that's what most of us need. It's just to master the basic skill set, the fundamentals. And research backs up what I'm telling you too. And so does my experience as a coach for the last 20 plus years, but we'll get to that later. A study was done just a few years ago to see if the Mediterranean diet, which is just a good overall well-balanced plan that is based on consuming a lot of whole foods. So basically the stuff I've been describing to you. A study was done to see if the Mediterranean diet would help menopausal women lose weight without doing a ton of cardio. I think their phrasing was minimal aerobic exercise. So basically would the Mediterranean diet help menopausal women lose weight with while doing minimal aerobic exercise. And here's what the researchers concluded. High adherence to the Mediterranean diet would ensure menopausal women lose fat mass and maintain muscle mass in the same way as younger women without the prescription of structured physical activity. Increasing the protein content of a hypocaloric diet may lead to a preservation of muscle mass in menopausal women. Okay, before we just fly by this study, there are three phrases in that 
statement by the researchers that we can't miss. The first two words are high adherence. <laughs> this is basically the researcher saying, when these ladies actually followed the Mediterranean diet, it actually worked. The ladies that actually did it, it really worked well. That's what a high adherence means. It means they, were, they did it and they were very consistent. That's the first thing we can't miss. The second thing, it allowed women to lose fat mass, which is what we want to lose, and to maintain muscle mass, which is so important at any point, but definitely during menopause. It allowed women to do that. Here's the phrase. In the same way as younger women. Oh my gosh, what? Yes, all of you ladies who are experiencing menopause, you can lose fat mass and maintain muscle mass like the younger version of you. But what do you have to do? You have to have high adherence to high quality foods. And then here's the next phrase. They said increasing the protein content of a hypocaloric diet. Corey, what does hypocaloric mean? Hypocaloric diet basically means they were consuming less calories than they were using. And this is one of the fundamental laws of nutrition and weight loss. If you put in more than you're putting out, meaning if you eat more than what your body's using, you're going to gain weight. If you eat less than what your body's using, you're going to lose weight, period. And then as the researchers noted, when you have high protein content, increasing the protein content when you're on a hypocaloric diet, and I do not misunderstand, this doesn't mean a low calorie diet. It could be 2,000, 3,000 calories. It could be somewhat high in calories. All that matters is that it's slightly below what you need. If you're doing that and your protein content's high, you're basically going, and you're eating primarily whole foods, you're basically going to lose fat mass and ma at least maintain muscle mass. If you do it and you do it consistently, period. It's just the way it is. So, What's the secret when it comes to lifestyle? There is no secret. A lot of the marketers and advertisers want you to think there is, but there isn't. Eat plenty of high quality whole foods like veggies and lean protein. Reduce or temporarily avoid the other stuff, highly processed foods and the loads of added sugar and move your body. Move your body five-ish hours per week. And here's the part I hesitate to include because I don't want to piss off any potentially hormonal women who are already having a tough time with menopause. But here's the thing, the women that I know who had been doing this stuff, the veggies and lean protein and moving their body and eating, you know, more whole foods and less processed foods, the women that I know who had been doing all of that stuff for years, just as part of their lifestyle, they experienced incredibly mild symptoms from menopause. There were a couple women that I know and were clients of mine for years and they told me at one point, they were like, Corey, I, I think I'm officially in menopause or maybe I'm finished with menopause. I don't know. They said, you know, maybe I felt a little tired, but uh, I just kind of stopped having my menstrual cycle. Haven't had it in about a year, year and a half. And they were it was just kind of, bloop. It was, that was it. <laughs> now, some of you ladies may want to reach through the speaker and absolutely choke me or choke the ladies that I'm talking about. But my point is that's the power of lifestyle. That's the power of eating high-quality whole foods, exercising on a consistent basis, and maintaining your weight and body fat levels going into menopause. Now, I realize for some of you that's a moot point, right? But my point in sharing this is to encourage you about 
the power that you actually have with what you eat and don't eat, what you drink and don't drink, and what you do activity-wise. Now, here's the thing. If you need or want help getting consistent with all of this food and exercise stuff, then here's your invitation to my Inner Circle Coaching Group. We break it down into steps, and we make the whole process very doable. Plus, there are a lot of ladies in that 40 to 50 age bracket in the group, so you're not alone in this challenging phase of life. And if you want more information about that, I always say it at the end of the podcast. You can just send an email to support at corylittlecoaching.com. I'll include that email down in the show notes. Okay? Okay. Now, next up, mental health. This is the second thing that I wanted to, to discuss today that can really have a dramatic impact on your menopause experience. You might have heard this before, but stress is like an invisible poison. And as I mentioned earlier, when your body is already stressed and transitioning through menopause, the last thing you need is a bunch of stress added on top of that. But here's the bad news. Menopause doesn't strike during a period of life that's calm and boring. It hits in midlife when there's a ton of things going on and a ton of things on your mind and sucking your time and energy. Work, kids, marriage, financial worries, aging parents that you might have to take care of. And oh yeah, by the way, now you're gaining weight, feeling halfway crazy, and you hate your body. I'd say that's a big stress sandwich overload. So what are you supposed to do? I mean, you can't exactly sell the kids, quit work, and ship off your aging parents. <laughs> so, so what can you do? First, realize that all of the powerful emotions, all of the powerful emotional symptoms that menopause is throwing at you is normal. You're not going crazy. You're not a wimp. You're not weak or a total head case. What you might be experiencing and battling is actually normal for where you are. So don't beat yourself up about it. It's okay. And that may seem really sim simple and kind of corny, but it's really powerful because what I see over and over, and then actually what research and science tells us, is that when women are going through this time, they literally start to think they're, they're going crazy and they start to think, I shouldn't be feeling this way and I should have it together. And if you can just give yourself space and grace to go, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not crazy. And this is kind of normal for where I am and I'm not weak and I'm, I'm, I'm not a total head case. And I'm not going to beat myself up about this. And not only am I going to not beat myself up, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to get some support. And this is the second thing I would encourage all of you with is to find an outlet. Maybe it's a close friend or spouse or sibling. Find someone who listens well, not someone that you can just bounce a little silly conversation back and forth. Someone who listens well and that, someone that you can trust. And then get it out. This is something I've talked about on the podcast. This is something I preach inside my inner circle coaching group. We all need to have emotional diarrhea sometimes. The worst feeling in the, sorry, if this is a little too gross for some of you, if you don't like it, deal with it. <laughs> the worst feeling in the world is to have diarrhea and to be forced to hold it in. Yet we do that with our emotions all the time. We have a bunch of emotional mess in us, a bunch of things that were just feel toxic. 
and we hold it inside. We do, we force ourselves to hold it all in. We need to get it out, let it out so many times. If you do that, you feel so much freaking better. So maybe it's that close friend or maybe it's a spouse or it's a sibling, but just find someone who you can trust, who cares about you and who listens well and will give you that space to get it out and then do it. Get that emotional diarrhea out and you, I predict, will feel a lot better just from that. So that's the second thing. The third thing in this realm of mental health is possibly consider finding a great therapist or counselor to help you process things and to get through this tough phase of life. This doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean you're a head case. It doesn't mean, oh, you're sick in the head because you've got to get a therapist. No, that's all bull crap. Your mental health is important. It's way more important than you can fathom. Stress is an invisible poison. And so maybe just from realizing that you're not crazy and from getting it out, that'll be enough. But for some of you, sitting down with a therapist or counselor a few times a month may be the thing that really pushes you over the edge to feel next level fantastic. Well, or at least to feel a ton better than you did. Last but not least in this category, please understand that the more high quality food you consume and the more active you are, the more this helps with the mental emotional stuff. Poor nutrition and a lack of exercise will literally make you feel so much worse mentally and emotionally. Remember, all this stuff plays off one another. So shifting to the style of eating that I described earlier and getting daily activity can and will do the opposite. It begins to shift and repair your internal ecosystem so that your brain works better and you just feel better. Some research even suggests that just a 15 to 15, come on, Corey, 15 to 20 minute outdoor walk five to seven times per week is as effective as some prescription antidepressants. That's amazing. So maybe just go for a walk, a little 15 minute walk, four or five times, five or six times per week. We can all fit that in, right? Take your dog for a walk. Take your kids out. Go head outside for a walk. Okay? That could be as powerful as a prescription antidepressant. Now, speaking of antidepressants and pills and potions that are supposed to make you feel better, what about supplements? So that's our final category here that I want to cover. Now, before I get into this, here's a big disclaimer. And I've covered this before when I talk about supplements on the podcast, and I don't feel like I should have to, but I'm going to anyways. I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing anything. Some of the th stuff I will mention is backed by research, and some just have really great anecdotal evidence from all of the women I've coached over the past 20-plus years. But before you consume anything, before you buy anything, go talk to your doctor or at least to a qualified pharmacist, okay? Okay, now, when it comes to this area of supplements and natural uh, natural ingredients, natural compounds that may help a woman through menopause. There's a lot of things out there that you'll read about and hear about, from black cohosh to red clover, maca, omega-3 fatty acids, DHEA, evening primrose oil, soy isoflavones, and St. John's wort. And the list goes on and on, but those are just some of the supplements purported to reduce menopausal symptoms. Rather than drown you with way too much information and take up the next two or three hours of your day, I'm going to really zone in on supplements that I have seen have tremendous benefits for women, okay? And they'll also tell you if they have a lot of research backing or if it's not quite as good, okay? So let's just jump in. First, black cohosh. The research is kind of mixed. Some research is like, oh yeah, this can be really beneficial, and some research is like, nah, there's really not much benefit. But... 
for a lot of ladies, it seems to show some benefit for hot flashes, night sweats, palpitations, and maybe even depression. One study also found that black cohosh improved what they called sleep efficiency, and it decreased wake after sleep onset compared to a placebo, which basically means, and if you ladies are in menopause and you might be experiencing this, some ladies I know who've gone through menopause, they can fall asleep. That's not the problem. The problem is they just wake up. They wake up at two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, whatever, and then they can't go back to sleep. And so for some ladies, black cohosh decreased this, the, the frequency of waking up after falling asleep compared to placebo. But that was just one study and those results haven't been confirmed by other research. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit uh, early to confirm anything there. So that's the first thing we want to discuss is black cohosh. Next up, red clover and soy isoflavones. And I clumped these together because they contain similar estrogen-like compounds, kind of known as phytoestrogens, phyto meaning plant. And both have been shown to possibly help reduce hot flashes. And that's red, clo- red clover and soy isoflavones. Next on the list is digestive enzymes, and it may be like, wait, Corey, this is not hormonal at all. What's going on with this? But if any of you are experiencing digestive issues, extreme bloating, or anything like that, a high-quality digestive enzyme could potentially help with bloating and maybe even some other digestive symptoms, reflux, or anything else you might be experiencing. So that could be something good to incorporate if you're experiencing that. Next up is omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, these can potentially help with a lot of stuff from hot flashes to your mood to possible cardiovascular issues that some women have to deal with during or in the aftermath of menopause. A high-quality omega-3 supplement is part of my and my wife's daily foundation. Not even, I mean, obviously, I don't take it for menopause, but that's not why she takes it either. Um, I also just suggest it to most of my coaching clients because of its wide array of benefits. It has a ton of research behind it. This is also why I decided to have my own omega-3 supplement manufactured so that I would be absolutely confident about the quality. If you're interested, there's a link to Rise Elite Omega down in the show notes. Um, But it's just, uh, uh, for us, it's kind of in the same category as brushing our teeth or taking a multivitamin. It's just kind of part of what we do each and every day. Again, is it right for you? I don't know. You can talk to your doctor about that or your pharmacist. Next on the list of supplements for that could potentially be beneficial for menopause is maca. Now of all the supplements I've mentioned, I'd say this one has the by far the most anecdotal, which basically just means real world evidence, not, not research, not legitimate science, uh, uh, scientists, research backed stuff. No, no, no. Anecdotal real world. Like, Hey, my neighbor told me this was amazing for her, that kind of stuff. Based off of my experience with clients and the ladies in my life, this one is number one. For some women, it just makes them feel a lot better. It can substantially increase energy levels and maybe even libido and possibly even improve mood. Now, maca, what is, what is maca? It sounds weird, right? M-A-C-A. What is maca? Well, it's a root that's native to Peru, and it's still regularly consumed as part of the Peruvian culture. They literally eat it. Most supplements that we have in the United States or outside of Peru are just basically ground up, potentially concentrated forms of the maca root. Now, if you decide to purchase this, it's probably best to look for a version that's gelatinized and not raw. Consuming raw maca can 
kind of upset your tummy a little bit, and it may have some nasty digestive side effects, which is not exactly what you want during menopause when, when you may be having those already. Okay? Okay. Now, moving forward. The next and the last of these supplements and pills and potions that may potentially be helpful during menopause is DHEA and HRT. And these are totally different things, but I put them in the same category because um, they're both a way to give your body some of what it's sorely missing, which is hormones. DHEA is an actual supplement that you can purchase at like a nutrition store or online at Amazon. And it's, it's basically the the base kind of skeleton for all sex hormones to be produced. So if you give your body DHEA, then it can take it and make it into whatever it chooses, which is can potentially be helpful, but is also a big wild card because you don't know what your body's going to convert it into. HRT stands for hormone replacement therapy. And for both of these, now, HRT requires a doctor and, and a pharmacist and that whole deal. You can't just go on Amazon and purchase HRT. But for both of these, DHEA and HRT, only you and your doctor can decide if this is right for you. There are definitely benefits, but there are also drawbacks. Generally, HRT might be considered a good option for those with significant or debilitating menopausal symptoms who are also under the age of 60. Again, this is something to discuss and explore with your doctor. And whatever you do, Please don't think that getting on HRT is going to magically melt your belly fat. Nah, that's not how it works, okay? So again, as I wrap this up, I'm not prescribing any supplements. I'm just telling you what research shows and what I've seen ladies benefit from. Before taking any supplement, you should discuss it with a qualified pharmacist or doctor. Okay? Okay. Now, let's wrap all this up with what I hope is something encouraging. Don't sign off. There's still more, okay? But we're bringing it all together. And I hope it's encouraging. At the very least, it can be eye-opening. And I call it the menopause loop. The menopause loop, from ladies I've worked with and encountered, it goes something like this. I hate my body. I hate what's happening. I got to do something about this. I got to lose weight. I got to lose my belly. And that just adds on responsibility and stress to a person who's probably already stressed and has way too much responsibility in the first place. The next step is struggle to stay consistent with some extreme program. Also possibly not giving your body what it needs. Force yourself to do it because you keep referencing back to the first point. I hate my body. I hate what's happening. I got to do something about this. So I'm going to force, try to force consistency here. And then you don't see much progress and you decide that it's impossible and you just can't lose weight because of menopause. And it all starts over again. Hate my body, hate what's happening, got to do something about it, struggle to stay consistent, force yourself to do it as much as you can, not see a whole lot of progress, decide that it's impossible and you can't lose weight because of menopause, and it starts over again. And this is the menopause loop. And then eventually, you probably wind up right back and settled into this idea, into this maybe belief that it's impossible and you just can't lose weight because of, menopause. Then this becomes an ingrained belief. And worst of all, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Of course, you won't lose weight if you believe you can't. I mean, why would your brain allow you to lose weight if your brain also believes that you can't lose weight? Why would you jump off a roof if you believe you can't fly? You see what I mean? 
you're not going to jump off a roof. You believe you can't fly. You're not going to lose weight. You're not going to follow through if you believe you can't lose weight. It is a self-fulfilling, self-defeating prophecy. I've coached a lot of ladies who are in various stages of menopause with various symptoms. And pretty much all of them feel significantly better and either lose weight or at the very least stop the uncontrolled weight gain. And I'd like to tell you just one of those stories right now. We'll call her Sally. She's a school teacher who came to me convinced, absolutely convinced, that she could not lose weight because of menopause and her hormones. She said she had been trying for months, really watching what she was eating and working out consistently. But ever since, ever since, her doctor told her she was in menopause, the weight just would not budge. So we began the coaching process and she started to realize, oh, wait a minute, hold on. There were some things (laughs) that she was really consistent with already, but there were some things that could be improved slightly with better food choices or better food combinations. And there were also some things she wasn't very consistent with. And there was a quite a bit of stuff sneaking into her daily and weekly nutrition. Some treats, some candy, chips, pretzels here and there, ice cream, stuff like that. Plus dinners were pretty hit or miss. So just kind of get what you can, you know, at that dinner time, get it, get whatever you can because the day was so busy and so crazy and there was so much going on. She already worked out at a gym a few times each week but we discovered her overall activity was still a bit low. And we eventually addressed all of these things. Before we ever got to all of it, though, just a couple months into the process, she had already lost about 16 pounds. <laughs> and she was totally stunned. She was like, oh, my gosh. Like, she was, she was just in awe because, again, she was convinced, like, I can't do this. And when she contacted me, she was even like, I almost don't want to put this on you, Corey. Like, I don't even think it's going to work, but do you think you can help? And I was like, let's just see. Let's go through the process and see. And then over the next few months, we really worked to ingrain all of the changes that she had made so that it wouldn't all just slip away when life threw her a curveball. And she wound up losing almost 30 pounds and just having a ton more energy and feeling better overall. Now, let me be clear. This is just one example. Just one lady and her unique experience with menopause and weight gain and weight loss. And your experience may be similar or totally different. But here's what I promise. You can't stop menopause, but you can change it. You do have power, even though it feels like your body and brain have a mind of their own right now. You can make this experience better for yourself. And I encourage you to focus on three elements. Maybe just take one at a time or make small changes in each, but three elements. Number one, lifestyle, which is your food and your activity. Number two, your mental health. Man, get it out. Get out that emotional diarrhea or maybe even do some counseling or therapy. It could be amazing. And then number three, there's supplements. There's some natural stuff out there that could potentially be helpful. Do your own research. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist and possibly take advantage of some of that natural help. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode, if you're a visual learner or you would just like to have all of this information, plus honestly a little more like this, I'll include the specific brands of different supplements that my wife and and some of my clients have had good results with, stuff like that, then you can go to my website. I think it's there to download a PDF that outlines and explains everything I've discussed in these two menopause episodes. I think it's going to be at corylittlecoaching.com forward slash menopause. 
But to be safe, I'll just include the link down in the show notes. You can definitely get to it from there, okay? Also, I have a question for all of you. Should we do a menopause MythBuster Q&A coaching call? Would you ladies like that? If so, let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram at Corey Little Coach or shoot me an email at support at CoreyLittleCoaching.com. And if we get enough requests, then we'll plan it and do it. And if there's not enough interest, well, then we won't. No big deal. Okay? Okay. That is it. I've kept you long enough. We're signing off, wrapping up. But first, always remember and never forget that there's so much more to you than a number. So do not let the scales, even during menopause, when they seem like they might have a mind of their own, do not let the scales dominate your headspace or dictate your emotions. Maybe step away from the scales for a little bit. And please understand that losing weight is possible, no matter where you are and what situation in life. Losing weight or at least maintaining the weight you're at is possible. But it's really all about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted to. And I believe in you 100%. That's why I do this podcast every single week. So even if you don't believe in yourself, you keep coming back. You can borrow my belief. I'll work on you. We will get you there, my friends. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I hope these two menopause episodes have been helpful. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.